Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You're tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Mississippi-born Lance Blackwell is an American singer-songwriter with deep southern roots. He continues his family trademark by composing feel-good sounds and energies that are intended to uplift and connect with the listener. He is the winner of Festival South's 2015 Album of the Year. His latest album is entitled Good Ingredients. Lance is my guest on this next edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi Lance, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us from uh, Mississippi, I believe. Is that right? Absolutely. Down here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Has that been home your whole life? Uh, close. I'm, uh, I'm from a small town probably two hours north of here um, called Montrose, Mississippi, okay. which if you have heard. Sure. Uh, it might not be on everybody's map either. But, uh, <laughs> I moved to Hattiesburg probably 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Okay. But 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 a, a Mississippian your whole life sounds like. Absolutely, I, I did a small stint in Seattle, uh, but most of it has all been right here in Mississippi. Yeah, cool. Uh, when did you catch the music bug? Uh, pretty early in life. I grew up with um, singers all around me. My family for gospel singers. My dad's parents um, they toured the little gospel circuit here in the southeast. A little duet, so um, I grew up in church singing with them, and was in the choir from a very young age, and um, that just translated into what I do now. Uh, after I got out of high school, and I don't quite go to church quite as much, but uh, I still love to sing. Yeah, sure. And and I understand there's a connection with your grandfather. Yes, uh, Ralph Nix uh, is my great grandfather. Great grandfather. Okay. Uh, I would. Say, yeah, I would say he probably is the cornerstone to like my moral values and how I see the world as far as trying to put a kind eye on everything I look at and the people I interact with. Um, he was just that guy, always smiling and always welcoming anybody that wanted to talk and unburden themselves or whatever they may be struggling with at the time. He was always a good ear. Yeah. Did you get to have uh, spend a few years with him? How How long did you have him in your life? Sure, I lived with him for a while. Okay. Uh, I think he he passed away when I was about 18, okay. so most of my adolescence was still with him. Yeah, so you've got a lot of good, solid memories there. 
Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when did music? When did you pursue music more on a professional level, playing with with groups or or on your own kind of thing? When did that start for you? I've written music most of my adult life. I didn't really. I had a horrible stage fright issue with as far as like singing my stuff out in public. It took uh, me quite a few years to get over. Uh-huh. Um, so it was probably my late twenties when I started playing out and about. It was after you know life hits you in the face. I had a divorce and yeah, um, just it was a way. It was therapy, is what it was. So I was able to get out in front of people and kind of share some of the emotions I was going through, and it was just a healing process. Really. Sure, yeah. Um, the songwriting aspect of it then sounds like it it started before the performance side what inspired that for you uh at first i think it was just uh maybe even comedy i always like write these little parody songs and sing them to my friends and family you know just as jokes yeah i even did that in grade school and stuff and then uh as life gets tougher and you grow up and you have real problems and struggles you know it's a good way to just like i said earlier it's just therapy a way to write those feelings down and, and vocalize them it gives them a little less power yeah do you have some sort of process or pattern for your songwriting side of your career? Mm, I don't really have too strict of a process. It's just kind of when the when the mood hits me or mm. when the inspiration, I guess, hits me. I try to uh, fix a nice pot of coffee and get a few cigarettes lined up and sit down and try to come up with a, <laughs> a solid idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if I if I read correctly, debut record was two two thousand fifteen. Is that right? Yep, uh, that was with the Catfish Gospel in 2015. Uh, we played together for six, seven, eight years. We had a great time together, and uh, we put that album out towards the end of our little band together. Yeah. Was was that, I, I presume, all original material that you guys had collected? Yes, uh, it was, indeed. Yeah. I, mean, I think there was one open source, like an old gospel sure. song on yeah. there called Rosewood Casket. Yeah. Um, my grandmother used to sing that to me in the mornings. It's kind of a morbid song to sing to a child in the morning. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Girl. I still I can hear it in my head singing it now. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Catfish Gospel, uh, that's an interesting name. How did you guys come about that? Uh, that was more of a, another throwback to Ralph Nix. Um, most of my interaction with him happened on a pond dam. Uh, he was a huge catfish guy. Okay. Uh, he had a couple of catfish catfish ponds himself and that was a daily chore where we'd go uh, every day to feed the catfish and or check the trot lines and uh, pull in the day's catch and then go skin it and you know all that good stuff and put it up in the freezer but it was more or less the time you know had his undivided attention for all of that mm-hmm. um, and he was always willing to share a little bit of wisdom <laughs> uh, and catfish gospel your your music is that um uh, did it lean to the gospel side at all, or, or was that more just sure. reflective of the name? Yeah, uh, some of it does lean that way for sure. I mean, I can't get away from it. I grew up in the church and grew up singing those old classic um, gospel hymns, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it shines through. If I if I tried to hide it, I probably couldn't. But yeah, some of our music definitely leans in that direction. And what would you? Uh, consider the flavor of your music other than that I, Americana is such a big umbrella and certainly it fits under there if if you were to kind of isolate it down a bit where do you feel like it leans I like um, storytelling is one of my favorite ways to describe it 
Uh, I've heard it called alt country, which I'm not 100 percent sure what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I do like the way it sounds. Um, uh, yeah, I would just say storytelling, singer songwriter stuff. Yeah. Do you uh, play out on a regular basis now? Do you do you have a, a schedule, a, a tour, or something that you're working on? Yeah, we've got a few dates coming up. We have a show here in Hattiesburg on the 28th, um, and then we play a couple of festivals this summer, and then uh, we play this like little Sunday afternoon tune thing here in Hattiesburg at a, another bar called the Keg and Barrel, which is always a lot of fun. It's just mm-hmm. something we do on Sunday afternoons. Drink, uh, drink some good local beer and have some good local tunes. I presume that you have uh, a, another side to your career life that you do, or is this something you're pursuing full-time? Uh, I do. I'm, uh, I've actually got a nerdy job on the other side of life. Um, I'm a title abstractor, a land title abstractor. Okay. Um, so I, I spend my days reading deeds and conveyances from the last 30, 40, 50 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds a little a little on the peaceful side uh, compared to the <laughs> <laughs> gospel Indeed, music. It's a very, uh, very uh, solitary job. Uh, so it, it, the... The debut album was out in 2015. You said that was kind of towards the end of that um, that group. Did you move into some other group, or was there some time off in between? No, it was just uh, there was some time off. I um, I moved to Seattle and worked out there for a few years managing a lumberyard. Um, and then I, did, I really didn't play much. I was uh, strapped to a 70-hour-a-week schedule, it seemed like, for years and years. And then finally, when I moved back to Mississippi, it all kind of started you know, getting back together again uh, reconnecting with some of my musician friends and coming up with some ideas for songs. And, you know, the whole process started over. Did you change the name of the band? Uh, we kept the Ralph Nicks and the band is a different group. Um, and they're the guilt birds, uh, which are my dear friends. Um, and we just, we came up with the idea to get together and put an album together and went and locked ourselves in the studio for a week and a week or two and came out with our new album. Were these songs that you had been writing, or did you guys go into the studio and and put these songs together from scratch? Uh, some of them I had already written uh, previously, and then there's a couple of them I wrote just for this album. Um, but when we went to the studio, we had um, you know time is money, so we had a pretty good game plan on what we wanted to do and accomplish. And we had, had several you know rehearsals and meetings and talk about how we wanted everything to lay out. Mm-hmm. So we were we, we got pretty fast when we got to the studio, and the album t- title is "Good Ingredients." Is that correct? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it the sounds kind of in line with what you had been doing in the previous album, or has it changed any? It's changed a little bit. Uh, they're certainly more polished. Um, the studio we were had access to this time was uh, leaps and bounds better than what we had access to the first time. Um, the studio in the country down in Bogalusa, Louisiana, and if you haven't researched that, it's definitely worth a Google. Hmm, okay. uh, it's just a studio, studio that's been there since the 70s, and some great artists have came through, like Kansas was recorded mm. there, and Stevie uh, Wonder recorded there, and the list goes on and on. One of my favorite ones is the soundtrack to Dirty Dancing recorded there. Ah, cool. And, and what was the name of that studio again? It's a studio in the country. Okay. And it's in Bogalusa, Louisiana, which is in the middle of nowhere. Wow, that's cool. I, w- were you guys 
you know, you, you go in to do, you've got a mission in mind. Were you uh, conscious of the history of that while you were there? Was, did you have time to reflect on that? Oh, sure. I, I've been down there uh, down there several times just to, you know, see the place and okay. take a little tour and all that. So when you walk in, you can certainly feel the, uh, the, the presence or whatever you want to call uh-huh. it, the spirits that were left before you. And uh, you feel kind of a uh, responsibility Yeah, uh, in your best best stuff, for sure. Yeah, We had uh, the guy that plays the guitar on the album, Hal Kalogny. He's an amazing guitar player. And when he walked in, he, he was overcome with nerves. We we lost him for a little while. He went really? And, yeah. <laughs> just had to kind of absorb it for a second. Yeah. Wow. That's that's neat. It's neat to be able to. I, I'm glad that there's still some places like that still around. Um, I think uh, that that era of music, uh, there was so much uh, creativity and uh, new sounds being created during during that that period that um uh, and and you know we've lost some of those studios and so it's it's neat that that place sure. still exists and they still have one of the uh, i think it's one of the few operating need consoles in the united states really um, the the need console was that console i think it was made in the 60s or 70s that was the last like hand soldered console uh, and it, the 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 to capture with that thing is amazing yeah wow it, it it makes you even wonder why you go away from something like that, you know. That's true. Because it's there's a clearly dif- a clear difference to the right to the right ear. If you know what you're listening mm-hmm. for, you can really tell. Absolutely, especially like how how reverb is produced. Yeah, they still have like their old reverb chamber is up and functional there. Wow, that's it's cool. It's um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And the building was made for the purpose of being a studio. So and you can kind of nerd out as much as you want to on Google, but. <laughs> You know, all the rooms are shaped a certain way, and the slabs are worn a certain way, and the doors are hung in a certain way. Wow. It's just yeah. neat. It's like walking into a museum. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys get to do that. Uh, and the album is out or coming out? It'll be out on the 28th. Okay. Have you have you released any of the singles yet? Uh, there's a couple of things out on YouTube. Uh, if you just you know Google Ralph Nixon and the Gilbert, you'll see our YouTube channel. Uh, there's two or three songs that are out there now, some videos that are out, um, but no official single has been released yet. Yeah, okay. What What are your plans for the record? Do you um, are you going to try to take a tour with this and promote it? What 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 are your What do you What What would you like to see the record achieve for you guys? I would really a uh, uh, bucket list dream of mine is to go to Europe and play. Yeah, um, I would certainly like to see that happen, but. On a smaller scale, we will definitely do a, a tour right around in the southeast and try to get some, uh, try to get the album pushed out a little bit. And I don't know, I would love to see it maybe even picked up by TV and movie. That's always a great route. Sure, yeah. Do you have a particular uh, venue that's that's a favorite that that you would like to play more of if you could choose? Uh, well, we have a local venue here that's real special to me called the Thirsty Hippo. It's been in Hattiesburg for a long time, and there's um, some great music that comes through there. Um, outside of that, I don't know. Or even just the, the type. Grand Old Opry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in- indoors and versus I'm, outdoors kind of thing? I do like indoors. I'm a sucker for a dive bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the best times I've ever had have been a dive bar. So. Yeah, well, that good good old blues country, uh, country roots just fits 
those kinds of dive bars anyway you know it's just you, oh, you can sure. just feel the nostalgia in places like that that's cool for sure and the energy is always always really special there everybody seems to really appreciate the music and really in tune with the artist and what's going on and it's, uh, it's always a great time do you get to do many outdoor festivals is that the kind of venues that you perform at as well yeah, we do some of those. We have one coming up in March called uh, the Homegrown Revival, mm-hmm. uh, which is here here in Hattiesburg as well. And it's it's, it's been around for I guess ten years now or okay. so. I've uh, seen the name floating uh, around, so yeah, yeah, it's a good time. You know, everybody goes and camps out, and it's three days of music and partying and having a great time. It's like a little baby Woodstock. Yeah, that's awesome. How far ahead do you do you look with the band and your music? Are, are you are you thinking about the next one already, or you, you don't go out that far? Oh sure, we've got I've got a few ideas for the next one. Um, or a matter of fact, we're doing scratch tracks for that right now. Really, I'm trying okay. to get everybody up to speed on the new music. Yeah. Sure. Now, will you play that that along with the music that's on the current album do you do you play mostly original stuff when when you go out or do you have some cover tunes that you mix in uh i do a few covers and they're usually not the the way that they were originally done i, I like to cover a couple of chris stapleton songs in yeah. a little different way and things like that but most everything we do is original so we'll play you know what's on this album what's on the last album and what's on the next one so we try to stick mostly original. I say ninety, ninety-five percent original. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the What's the best way for people to hear the new music, uh, the the stuff that you've put out before, and uh, anticipate the, the the new one on the way? What's your favorite way to communicate with with fans? Uh, well, you can always keep up with us on our website. It's just ralphnix dot com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Gilt Birds. There's not a whole lot out there for Gilt Birds besides us. Um, and then, of course, you know, the first album is out on Spotify or iTunes, whatever you prefer, your streaming platform. And after the 28th, the new album will be out, out as well. Okay. But if you if you want to contact me or have any conversations or with the band or anything, just go to RalphNix.com and shoot us a message. And I presume that your tour schedule will be there as well? Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you, Lance. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Uh, I love the music, and I hope um, it feels like there's a resurgence of that kind of just gritty, kind of rootsy country. And, and so I, I hope it catches uh, catches uh, some uh, fire for you and, and takes off and, and gets you out into the places that you want to be in. Man, I appreciate that, Greg. And, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, always welcome. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.